you one of our regular students for Self-Improvement Wednesday. Each week you get to learn something new. You'll listen this week. Exit. Pursued by a bear. Animals in Shakespeare. Your teacher is the Shakespeare scholar from the University of Sydney, Hugh Griffiths, Associate Professor in English, and he joins us again on Self-Improvement. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is Shakespeare's most famous Stage direction, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Probably, yeah. And it comes from his play, The Winter's Tale. It comes from about halfway through that play and marks a real turning point in the story as well, a turning point, weirdly, from tragedy towards comedy. Because even though the person who's being pursued by the bear eventually gets eaten by the bear, um, that's Antigonus, he's also carrying with him a baby who gets rescued from the bear. And so there's a turning point mm-hmm. at that moment from, from a kind of very tragic situation. Although, to be honest, also a little funny, the idea of a bear running across the stage um, turns to kind of comedy and rescue. Mm. The context for this, well, we're going to talk generally about animals and how important animals were in Shakespeare's world, maybe more important than they are in in our world. But if we just stay with bears for a while, the Globe Theatre, everyone knows about the Globe Theatre. I don't know if people, I I certainly didn't know about who their neighbour was. Yeah, so right next door to the Globe Theatre, when it was built, was another arena that looked really similar. It's made out of wood. It's kind of circular. It has an audience. It has a stage. Um, But it was a bear garden and it was built specifically for the purpose of animal shows and particularly for the animal show called bear baiting. And it was really its its next door neighbour. If you look at maps of Elizabethan England, it's right next door to it. Now, I I warn people there's some quite disturbing content coming up as we talk about bear baiting. It is the most awful sport, isn't it? It was a, it's a terribly cruel sport, uh, even amongst animal sports, to be honest. So what would happen in a bear baiting arena is that a bear uh, would be tied usually to a post and set upon by specially trained dogs who are kept alongside the, the kind of theatre, the bear garden. And really the idea is like who comes out a winner out of those two, the the group of dogs, the pack of kind of dogs and and the bear. Um, To be honest, usually the bear. um, uh, Sometimes bears in London became quite famous. So some of them, we know their names. Uh, There was one called Sackerson. There was one called Harry Hunks. Um, And they're kind of in the records and in literature from the period, people talk about them as kind of almost like celebrities. But yeah, a very, very cruel place Mm. indeed. Uh, I suppose they're thinking in in this time that it's a signal of the way that human beings can control the the world of animals. And yet not everybody agreed with it. Some people saw it as cruel just then, right then. Yeah, that's, I think, one of the remarkable things. When we look back at records of this kind of activity, we kind of expect it to be a bit like hunting and attitudes to be all about that, you know, how to control nature. Nature, uh, this being part of the culture and so on. But actually visitors to the Bear Gardens and even locals. So there's a writer called Thomas Decker, who's a contemporary of Shakespeare's. He was also a playwright, but a kind of real Londoner, writes about going to see uh, a bear baiting and saying that there were people there, that creatures, he says, in the shape of a man, uh, but really despicably cruel people. And he describes um, Harry Hunks being tied to a post and not just on this occasion being set upon by dogs, but by people imitating beetles who were kind of disciplinarians and whipping the, the, the bear as if it were a person, as if it were a criminal. Um, so it looks like a scene in which kind of nature is being controlled, but it's also unleashing a kind of wildness in the people as well. They, they're seen by Decker as creatures, as beastly mm-hmm. animals.
It's one example of the way, uh, of course, animals are still important to us, but animals are uh, around Shakespeare all the time, aren't they? Even the, the pen he's using is, is a part of an animal. Yeah, that's right. So uh, one of the things we've got on stage with the bear and the animal is obviously a confrontation between people and animals. And that's kind of interesting because their world was so much more suffused with animals and animal products. So his quill is made out of a goose feather. Um, Now, he's probably writing on paper, but he would have been familiar uh, with writing on vellum and parchment. And they were made with the skins of animals, uh, usually calf skin. In fact, one of the um, signatures that we have that we know is Shakespeare's own signature is on a mortgage document. So uh, vellum was used for that, calf skin, um, uh, legal documents and so on. and also, if he was, if we imagine Shakespeare staying up late at night uh, writing his plays, then what would he have been lit by? He'd been lit by tallow candles, and those candles would have been made out of the rendered fat of uh, beef and, and mm. sheep, really. Um, so his whole world is really full of the smells, tastes, textures, the sense of animals in ways that it just really isn't for us, you know, in our kind of plastic and metal world. Um, it's really an animal world that he's living in. Yeah, of course. He's, from his dad on. His dad's, they're very intelligent people, his dad's a glover, isn't he? He was a glover, yes, an actual glover. Um, so he, his job was to uh, manufacture gloves, but that involved, of course, the production of leather, the cutting up of leather, uh, making kind of very fine objects, leather gloves. Um, but more than that, even, leather gloves in the period, particularly if they were for very posh people, would have been infused with perfume sometimes. And even those perfumes were made out of animal products. So ambergris, for example, comes from the digestive tract of a sperm whale. Uh, musk comes from a musk deer. And uh, the one that Shakespeare kind of talks about in one of his plays is that the perfume civet, which comes from uh, the perineal or the kind of anal glands of a civet, which was like a, a kind mm-hmm. of cat-like mammal bred for these purposes. And, of course, this brings a, a very amusing discussion in, in the play about who has the, who has the sort of most filthy job. Is it the, the working-class person who's dealing with, with animals all the time or the, the, uh, the perfumed lord? Yeah, that's right. So there's a kind of argument in his play, As You Like It, in the forest. And a courtier goes to the forest, Touchstone, who's a bit stupid, to be honest. And he meets meets a shepherd, Corin. And Corin says, well, you know, we can't have your fancy manners here in, 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 the, in the forest. You know, we can't go around kissing people's hands because we've been handling livestock. It's full of the grease of mutton, he says. Um, but uh, Touchstone, not really selling court life terribly well, says, well, that's nothing. Um, our courtiers do kiss each other's hands, but, um, but we have civet, uh, the perfume of civet all over our hands, which he describes as the uncleanly flux of a cat. Hmm. We started with the bear in A Winter's Tale, the exit pursued by a bear. How would they have seen that bear differently through their eyes, given all that you say about the ubiquity of animals in their world? Yeah, well, it's, I think, both funny and slightly disturbing. It's funny in a way because it's out of place. It's almost like a bear has kind of gone from one arena and into the other. It's like taken the wrong turning and ended up on the wrong stage. So it's out of place. And I think that that's kind of funny, isn't it? That that kind of incongruity, but it's also uh, a bit disturbing, perhaps. And that really matches the moment in the play, I think, as well, where two things are happening at once. Antigonus is being eaten 
Uh, so he's being turned into a food. And that's something we would normally associate with animals. Animals become food, not people. Food for us, yes, in fact. Yeah. And this is a reverse. Yes. Yeah. So it's a reversal. So it's a bit like those creatures in the bear garden. He's becoming kind of beastly, creaturely. Uh, but on the other hand, um, the, the baby is rescued and she you know, goes on to marry a prince uh, and becomes a kind of courtier. Um, that's uh, Perdita. Um, so it's almost as if Shakespeare with that moment is asking quite interesting questions about like, what are we? Are we this beastly thing or are we something that, are we a kind of thing that can sustain a life away from the world of animals? Mm. And interestingly, we tend to divide, we learnt at school to divide the Shakespeare plays between the tragedies and the comedies, but some of them like this, exist in a world somewhere in between. Yeah, for sure. This is uh, often called a tragic comedy. It was a, a genre common in the, in the period that he's writing this particular play. But it's something that Shakespeare tends to write towards the end of his career. There's three or four of them. Um, and they really mix tragedy and comedy in complicated ways. And this moment, for me, encompasses that. Mm. It's obviously filled with tragedy. Um, uh, you know, it's filled with death and so on. Uh, but it's also in itself funny, um, the idea of, of, of somebody being challenged by a bear is necessarily funny, I think, in a way. But also, it's, it's got proper comedy in that it turns towards a happy ending at the end. Mm. But if you read Shakespeare, any play, see it through the lens of animals and they will suddenly come up in the mix. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he lives in a kind of animal world and they really are everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Hugh, thank you so much. Hugh Griffiths is Associate Professor of English at the University of Sydney with another Self-Improvement Wednesday. Wednesday. 